And you may be seated. We serve an awesome God, don't we? Amen. And we are so, so thankful to have many guests here with us today as well. Uh, see folks who have a whole row here, and Brother Tom and Miss Carolyn have their family here, their son-in-law who we've been praying for, who had brain tumor surgery recently and is here this morning as well. We're so thankful to have many of you in almost every seat filled this morning. We're so, so glad about that. Well, take your Bibles this morning and go with us to Proverbs chapter 31. Uh, Mother's Day is a wonderful day for, for many of us, and it is also a very difficult day for a lot of people for many different reasons. And so I know that it's tough even for some mothers to be here today, and I commend you for being here. I commend our single mothers for being here today. They carry a load that most of us uh, don't even realize, and so I commend many of you for being here on this day as well, and we are we are praying for you. My prayer today is that all of us. I, saw, I know some of you men looked at Proverbs 31 and you think, "Man, I got a pass today," uh, but you don't. We're all going to be challenged and helped and encouraged today, and so I pray that you find hope and comfort and a challenge as we look into the Word of God together. There were two children who, for Mother's Day, had decided that they were really going to surprise their mom and be a blessing to her. So when they got up on Saturday morning of, of Mother's Day weekend, they said, Mom, we want you just to stay in the bed today. We don't want you to... She used to get up and cook breakfast for them. And so they said, we want you to stay in the bed this morning. We want to treat you. And so uh, she was up in her room there in the bed and the kids were downstairs and she heard them in the kitchen. She could smell the eggs and the bacon and the gravy and she thought, man, this is going to be great. And so after a long while, she the kids had not come up to her room and had not called for her. And so she finally went down to the kitchen to see what was going on and the kids were sitting at the table eating their breakfast. And she said, what's going on? They said, well, it was Mother's Day. We, di we didn't want you to have to get up and cook for us today, so we decided to cook for ourselves. So she thought she was getting breakfast in bed. So it was, it was good, but it wasn't quite that good. I thought about my childhood and, and mothers and the phases they go through and, and all that they go through is... Um, is difficult, the childbearing and the raising of children, and sometimes they get frustrated and sometimes they say things that don't quite make a whole lot of sense. Any of you moms? Uh, okay, we'll ask the children. Any of your, your moms say anything? That does? I thought about a few of them. We used to travel on long trips, and mom used to say, close your eyes and look out the window. <laughs> Had enough of this. Close your eyes and look out the window. Or... Don't look at me with those eyes. Like, what do you want me to look at you with? <laughs> or the classic one, I'm warning you, if you fall out of that tree and break your legs, don't come running to me, all right? <laughs> so I won't ask how many of your moms have, have said those things, but we love our moms and we're thankful for you. Uh, really, a day is not enough for us to celebrate all that you have done and all that you do. And so we want to take this day to say thank you. In our society, motherhood is mocked. Marriage is demeaned. And the depiction of mothers in our society, it's very, very different than it was 
a hundred years ago, isn't it? It's very different. The godly woman, Paul said to Titus, are to teach the younger women to be lovers of their husbands, lovers of their children, chaste, pure keepers in the home. And as I say often, the word of God, not society, is our standard for living. And so we look to the word of God. And so we're going to look today at Proverbs chapter 31, where we will find something for all of us. Proverbs 31 provides for us a goal, a model, much like Ephesians 5 is for husbands and wives and children. It doesn't mean that you're always going to do these things all the time, but that we should desire these things. We should strive for these things. So moms, I don't want you to leave today discouraged and beat down because you don't quite measure up. It's not that we are looking for perfection. It's just that along this this uh, road of life that the Word of God gives us a guide, gives us something that we should that we should we should strive for. And what I do want you to know, as moms, in the most difficult job in the world, that on your best day, when you are really killing it and everything is going your way, that God does not love you any more than He does on the days when the day is killing you. You are loved unconditionally by God, and He sees you, and He sees all that you do. Proverbs 31 allows us to look in the mirror, and it allows us to see attributes that would be in a wise woman over a lifetime. It's a sketch of all the different ways that God grew this Proverbs 31 woman throughout her lifetime to see and to understand the truly important things in life. What are the really important things in life? And that's what I want us all to see this morning from this this chapter. God's grace and His mercy is available to us in every season of life. Whatever season you are in right now, it is a gift. I know some of you think that it is a gag gift or a practical joke. But it is a gift. It is a gift to you. And I hope that you see it that way. And I hope that this morning and looking at these things will help us. Something that is really cool to understand about Proverbs 31 is that this chapter is an acrostic of the Hebrew alphabet. It's, it's 22 letters. And this made it easier to recall these attributes of wisdom. In fact, in the Jewish culture, men memorize this chapter as a song of praise to the women in their lives. So men, today you have to go home and you have to sing Proverbs 31 to your wife as a gift to them. This chapter allows us as men to to celebrate and remember and show appreciation for many of these characteristics that are in the lives of our mothers and of our, our wives. I love what Ray Ortland said about this. Uh, about the book of Proverbs as a whole, and especially Proverbs 31. As we come to Proverbs 31, God does not intend to crush us with layer upon layer of demand. He intends to help us. The book of Proverbs is practical help from God for people like us stumbling through daily life. It is His counsel for the perplexed, His strength for the defeated, His warning to the proud, and His mercy for the broken. The book of Proverbs is the gospel. 
And we have every reason to receive it with a whole heart. It's about grace for sinners. It's about hope for failures. It's about wisdom for the foolish. The book of Proverbs is God coming to us as our life counselor and coach. And I encourage you to make Proverbs a part of your daily Bible reading. There are 31 Proverbs and there's no more than 31 days in a month. And so you can read a proverb every day of the month and it gives you great wisdom for living life. And so it concludes with this, this chapter of wisdom uh, on womanhood. So I'm going to allow you to stay seated uh, since you're in kind of tight this morning. I'm going to read for you beginning in verse number 10 of Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household, and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excels them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands. And let her own works praise her in the gates. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for this time together again as the body of Christ. Lord, we do pray for moms today who, for whatever reason, this is a difficult day for them. Maybe their mom has passed on. Maybe uh, they did not have a great upbringing or don't have a great relationship with their mother. Maybe there have been... um, conflicts with their own children and Lord I pray that today you administer your grace and your wisdom and your mercy upon them and Lord that you administer to them as only you can and Lord we we do want to take time to thank thank you for uh, those in our life who who have helped guide us and direct us and our wives who help shape our children's Uh, minds and hearts and Lord we do thank you for them and we pray Lord that you would speak to all of us today through your word in Christ's name we pray amen in verses 1 through 10 which we didn't read the first nine verses but we see a challenge of character from a wise mother to a son a king named Lemuel and we don't know a whole lot about him but these are the words to from his mother to him. And verse number one says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother 
taught him. So I want to take just a little bit of time this morning and speak to the single young men that are here because that is what verses 1 through 10 is all about. The, the wise mother instructs this young, young man in several ways that I want to bring out and challenge all young men who are not yet married with this morning. So this is wisdom from a mom to her sons. The first thing that she says to him in verse number three is to stay away from sexual immorality. In a world and in a society where, where it is the norm, she says, stay away from sexual immorality. Save yourself for that one that God has for you. She says, give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. And as we read scripture, there are many kings, there are many leaders who have been destroyed by sexual immorality. The second thing that she encourages them in is to shun the influence of alcohol. To shun the influence of alcohol. And I think that this is something, especially in our society today, that we need to talk about to stay away from things that dull our thinking. In verses 4 through 7, she says, It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for leaders. It's not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. In other words, if you want to be a young man who is a leader, if you want to be a young man who is, who is uh, leading your family, leader in society, then don't be overtaken, don't be given, don't be controlled by alcohol. And let me just say this morning that there have been more families that have been destroyed, more marriages that have been destroyed, more homes that have been destroyed, more churches that have been destroyed by alcohol than almost any other thing. And we still need to hear about it today. Speak, he says, shun the influence of alcohol. Stay away from sexual immorality. And young men, I want to challenge you in those two areas this morning. And then the third thing that we see from Scripture is to speak up for the weak and the helpless. In verses 8 and 9, it says, Open thy mouth, judge righteously, plead the cause of the poor and needy. And by the way, none of these things you're going to get approval from our society. You're not going to get encouragement to, to give your life to the needy and to those that need your help and your attention. You're not going to get from society that it's best that you abstain from alcohol. You're not going to get from society that it's best that you save yourself for one person for a lifetime. But listen, again, you as young men need to decide right now that the Word of God is going to be the standard by which you live your life. Number four, the fourth thing is this. Search for a wise, God-fearing wife. Search for a wise, God-fearing wife. Look what he says in verse number 10. Who can find, she's saying this to her son, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. I love what Tony Evans wrote in regards to this. He says, in seeking for a wife, you can find a pretty woman, you can find a rich woman, but many a man has been disappointed when he discovered that the elegance he saw on the outside didn't at all match what was on the inside. So find a wise woman of noble character who loves God and don't let her go. And all the men in the building said, 
Amen. Now, if you can find a pretty, rich, and godly woman, that's the jackpot, okay? (laughs) But search for a wise, God-fearing wife. Make that a priority. And then as we come to verses 10 through 31, the attributes of a wise woman are given here. And this chapter is all about relationships. You know why? Because life is all about relationships. And so he speaks to the, the, the women about their relationship with God. Verse number 30, a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. He speaks to her relationship with her husband. Verse 11 and 12, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. He speaks here to the relationship with your children in verses 13 through 28. We won't reread that. And then your relationship with your community. In verse number 20, she stretches her hand to the poor and to the needy. So very quickly, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these this morning. You can go back this week and study them in depth. But I want to give you quickly, in the next few moments that we have, a thought on these on these uh, verses beginning in verse number 10. Actually, seven thoughts, all right? I'll just be on it. Well, you have the notes there. You know how many there are of them. But let's, let's go ahead and, and we won't spend a whole lot of time. Just mention them. Number one, a wise woman is priceless and rare. A wise woman is priceless and rare. Who can find a virtuous woman? The, the writer said, who can find a virtuous woman because this type of woman is rare. She is not the norm. She cannot be bought. She has to be sought after. She is, she is not integrated into a sinful society. She is not what you will turn on the TV and find. Teen and single guys... These are the primary characteristics that you should be looking for in a spouse. The two greatest decisions that you will ever make, the the decisions that will impact your life more than any other decisions, are the Lord that you serve and the lady that you choose to marry. Those two decisions will shape the rest of your life. And young ladies that are growing up, this is where you should go for guidance. Don't go to social media. Don't go to the Cosmopolitan website or the magazine. Worth in our society today is determined by outward appearance. But what does the Word of God say? Man looks on the outward appearance, but what? God looks on the heart. And we see that all throughout this chapter. Worth in God's economy and in a committed Christian life is determined by inward beauty. And so ladies, look to the Word of God. Examine yourself in the Word of God. Let Proverbs 31 be a spiritual mirror in which you look into and desire to emulate. It should be said of you that when others see you, that they see something that is rare. They see something that is not the norm in the society in which we live. It's a great compliment that you carry yourself in a different way than most women. That you speak to people in a different way. That you speak with kindness. That the way that you work is different than those in society that the way that you treat your husband and treat your children is not what people normally see when they see when they turn on the TV and watch a sitcom in today's world the way that you relate to your children and the way that you serve and give to the less fortunate is rare there should be something as the bible says a little peculiar about you 
that when people see you, that they think there's something different. A woman who fears God, she is one that will be remembered. Proverbs 31, look, it went against the grain of the culture when it was written, and it certainly goes against the grain of the culture today. But this is what you should desire. A wise woman is priceless and rare. Don't look at that in a negative way. Look at that in a positive way. Secondly, a wise woman is faithful and trustworthy. Verse 11 says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. And again, I would say that today in our society there is a great need for a revival of wedding vow commitments. That, that we need to go back and say that for better or for, or for worse. And this goes for both men and for women. We see in verse number 11 a man that is able to do his work. He is able to be gone and not worry about his wife. Why? Because she is faithful and she is trustworthy. He is not worried or suspicious that she is giving her heart to someone else. Character and trust are the ingredients of unity in the home. You say, we want a good home. None of us would say, we, we want trouble in our home. All of us would say, yes, we want a good home. How many of you want peace in your home? How many of you want unity in your home? It doesn't just happen. It, it comes from character and trust. And so when temptation arises in the back of the Proverbs 31 woman's mind is the well-being of her husband and her children. He trusted her physically. He trusted her financially as we see all throughout this chapter. She doesn't spend in such a way that puts the family's future in jeopardy. And the husband of this woman did not, want, uh, did not worry that she would be careless with the resources of the family. She is faithful. She's a good steward of all that God has put into her care. She's frugal. She's wise. And she has discretion. She embraces her role, and she's faithful to that role that God has given her. A wise woman is priceless and rare. A wise woman is faithful and trustworthy. Notice, thirdly, that a wise woman seeks to pour good, not evil, on her husband. Verse 12 says, She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. In other words, she is consumed with the best interest of her husband and her children. And I love and I would encourage you to mark that statement, all the days of her life. All the days of her life speaks to her long-term commitment. In the good times and in the bad times, when they're getting along or when they're disagreeing, in the times of plenty or in the times when they don't have very much, in the times of sickness or in the times of, uh, of, of great health, in the times of sorrow, or in the times of joy, all the days of her life, this woman is not looking for a way out. She is committed to staying in. She is trustworthy. She is committed all the days of her life. She pours out goodness into the life of her husband and in her children, which means she is selfless. She is submissive in the most gracious way and does not begrudge her role. Verse 23 says that her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. He's not known primarily because of what he's done. He's known, according to this scripture, because of her character and her kindness and her gracious words about him. He, therefore, becomes the man that God wants him to be because of the wife that 
God has given him. A wise woman is priceless and rare. A wise woman is faithful and trustworthy. She seeks to pour good, not evil. Number four, a wise woman makes her home her priority and creatively contributes to the home. We see this in verses 13 through 24. And by the way, this is where you will see a stark contrast between our culture and the Word of God. Our culture says that, hey, you need to be your own person. You don't need to be held down. You don't need to be submissive to anybody. And yet the Word of God goes in complete contrast to that. It's not a place of degradation. Let's strike that from the uh, audio, okay? (laughs) But God has given every person in the home a a role so that the home works as God intended it to work. Her reason for work is not for self. It's not to become rich and famous. It's not to make a name for herself. Look at verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. It is a pleasure, not a drudgery, to prepare clothing for her children. Her husband and her children then are her priority. Selfishness and laziness is is glaringly absent from the text and from the life of, of this woman. She's not distracted by the glamour of the world. She works with her hands from the delight of her heart. And it's not something that she has to do, but it's rather something that she gets to do. Why? Because she loves the family that is the priority of her life that God has given her. Verse 14, she brings her food from afar. Back in the day, you didn't run down to Walmart and buy what you needed. But her family was her priority, and she would go to great lengths to bring whatever was needed. Her love was so deep that she went out of her way to provide food and clothing for her family. She planned it. Verse 15, she rises before the sun comes up in preparation for her family. And as I read that, I never can read that without thinking of my own wife and the 18 plus years that every single morning because of a liver disease that our two sons had, that every single morning our alarm would go off at 3 a.m. And she would get up like clockwork. In fact, when we were away from home and it was 3 a.m., she still got up. She still called whoever was with our children and made sure. And I thought of that. I never cease to to think of that when I read this, that often moms have to get up early and stay up late and rise before everyone else and prepare. And these are the things that the world does not see. But I can promise you, ladies, that God sees them. And your children will benefit from them, not just physically, but spiritually and in many ways. She contributes, verse 24, by making fine linen and selling it. She purchases a field. She she makes a business deal. She makes a vineyard out of it. Her strength and her physical health was brought on by diligence. She wasn't concerned about impressing others with her, with her figure, with her, with her body. She was impressive because of her faithfulness. 
She plans and prepares, verse 21. She doesn't dread the future, but rather looks forward to the future. Why? Because she's planned, verse 25. She she shall rejoice in the time to come. She smiles at the future because she's, she's planned for it. She sought first the kingdom of God. Her priorities are right. Verse 5, a wise woman speaks with wisdom and kindness in verse 26. Oh, this is so important. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Her character is her credibility. She teaches kindness and grace and mercy to her children. You know, as as a father, I am concerned about my children understanding biblical principles. You need to know this. I want them to know business practices. I want them to be smart in what they, they, they need to do to make it in life. The important things in life, Dr. Jonathan, like making sure that they are a UT fan. Amen? These important things in life. But what I found is that Kim is much more concerned about their hearts. She talks to me about their hearts. She, she talks to me about their kindness or lack of kindness, their mercy or lack of mercy. She's able to teach these things because she lives, lives it. In James chapter 3, we see the contrast of this. The tongue is a little member. It boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. The Bible tells us that that through the tongue that it either gives life or it gives death. And moms, let me just say, and moms and dads, but there's something about the words of a mom that sticks in the hearts of children. There's, There's something... Those moments of intimacy, sitting on a couch or sitting around a bathroom sink, working on hair or whatever it is, there are those moments of intimacy that those words just seem to stick. And so I would encourage you women to be wisdom, women who speak with wisdom and kindness. And then it says in verse number 28 that a wise woman is celebrated by her family. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And I'll just say this to the husbands. The children learned this from the husband. Or let me say this. They should learn it from the husband. They should learn it from us. They should learn how to speak to women and about women by watching us. They should see that we don't talk down to them, demand, demean them, be ugly to them. But they should see that we treat them with love and with kindness. That we bless them, that we praise them. And I will be the first to confess that I do not do this near enough to praise the goodness of my wife. And men, we need to do that more. Most of us are not men with a lot of words, are we? But we need to work on this. That's not an excuse. The Bible says that we are to praise them for their goodness. We are to praise them for the things that they do. You know what they're really saying? Is that he was saying, you're the best. Look right now at your spouse and say, you're the best, babe. You're the best. 
I didn't mean the women. I meant the men. (laughs) Husbands, look at your wives right now and say, you're the best. Now, that might be the first time you've ever said that. But that's what it's talking about. We praise them. A wise woman is celebrated by her family. She should be. And then lastly, a wise woman fears God. Verse number 30 teaches us that she lives in the light of God's awesomeness. Favor, it says, charm. It's what? Deceitful. And beauty, that is the outward face, the features. It's vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. This is a woman who is consumed with the awesomeness of God. She reverences God. She worships God in the home. She desires to bring glory to God by her life. She has been changed by the grace of God. And she is captured by His great grace. Again, young men, I encourage you this morning to look for a woman who fears the Lord. Young women, be young ladies, be a a girl, be a woman who fears the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. So if you want to be a wise person, a wise woman, a wise man, where does it begin? It begins with the fear of God's awesomeness. Out of her love for God, out of her reverence for God, is this loyalty and faithfulness to her husband, this commitment to her home, this love for the needy, this wisdom that is taught to her children. She seeks no praise, but she gets it. Proverbs 31 is indeed a celebration of women, not perfect women. Listen, ladies, please don't leave here today beat up over this. This is not to beat you up. This is for us to say thank you for these characteristics in your life that exist. And for you to look into the mirror and say, ah, I could improve a little on that one. I could definitely improve a little on that one. This is the word of God. This is the standard. I've allowed culture and society to definitely sway me and persuade me a little bit in this area. I need to come back to where the word of God tells me. I don't need to think of these things as as secondary, they're primary. And listen, you, like all of us men in this room, we're all sinners. We all fail. Thank God for 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, if you're still alive and you're like a lot of us, you've made a lot of mistakes but you still have opportunity, you still have influence. Wherever you are today on the journey, forget what the past is and determine that from this day forward, with whatever God gives me, I am to the best of my ability going to look into the mirror of Proverbs 31 and I want to be this for my children, I want to be this for my grandchildren, wherever I am. I've made mistakes, but wherever I am in life right now, I am going to determine that I am going to have eternal spiritual impact. Listen, the greatest thing you will ever leave your children and grandchildren is not a bunch of money. The greatest thing you will ever leave them are these spiritual truths that guide them.
Because look, your children and your grandchildren are going to grow up in a culture. You think these things seem foreign now? Give it 20 years. Give it 20 years. But what are your children and your grandchildren going to use as the guide for their life? And wherever you are, whatever season God's put you in, some of you are raising your grandchildren. Some of you don't get to see your grandchildren a lot. Some of you, God has put other children, other people in your life. They're looking to you. And they're saying, what should I look to for success? What is a successful woman And instead of pointing them to the culture and saying, this is what success is. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with with working and, and having a business. We see that in the life of this woman in Proverbs 31. But what you can teach them is our priority, according to the scripture, is our homes, our families. Is that so foreign? That our husbands and our, and our children, and not just for the wives, men, your job isn't your number one priority either. My number one priority after my relationship with God is this front row right here. These children and my wife. And I'm just saying, where did we, where did we go wrong where the family is no longer the most important unit? In our lives. Make it a priority. And teach these things to the people that God has put into your life to teach them. Matt mentioned that we had 50-something young people back in the back this morning. And I thank God for our nurseries and children's church. I thank God for those that work back there and teach them. But those are all little lives that are being influenced by the people in this room. Some of them are sitting with you. Some of them are back there. We have been given a great stewardship, haven't we? And we have been given a great, a great guidebook. Let's use it for the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for our time together this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the women in this room, the Christian women who are committed to your word who are committed to serving you and living selflessly. Much of us are blessed and benefiting today because of the sacrifices they've made. I pray for us men in this room. God, forgive us for not giving honor to where it belongs, for not encouraging our wives and not showing the proper appreciation. And Lord, I pray for every young man and every young woman, every teenager, every college-age kid that's not yet married. God, I pray that something that was said this morning will help encourage them and challenge them in what to look for in a spouse and what kind of person to be. And God, help us all in this room as your children to do as you say in Matthew 6 to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So God, I pray that we will leave here today challenged, encouraged, helped, strengthened. And Lord, would you be with 
that mom today, that lady here today who is discouraged for many different reasons possibly, but I pray, God, that you would encourage her today, that you would show her hope, birth hope in her heart. Lord, as she commits her life and her heart to your word and guidance there, I pray that you would help her and encourage her today. And we pray that as we leave here, we, the body of Christ, the church, Lord, that we will be different, that we will make a difference. And Lord, that we will impact those in our life with the gospel. Pray for our children, that you would help them to have, uh, be able to grow up with a proper view of you and a proper view of what they should be. In Christ's name we pray all these things in prayer.